Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate Thurston, and across from me is always the wonderful, the tall, Charles Chuck Stuck Too Tall Thompson something. What's up, man? Yeah, that's me. I'm here. Um and and dress my best you are look at that and it's yeah. still kind of blue so you're still fulfilling your duties which is to have is some type of, of like blue shirt on easter dad outfit you know that i've got it's rocking very today. dad yeah it's an extremely and dad shirt i was like you know what this looks comfy today yeah. and that's what i put on but you are a dad though I am. so i am so you, i'm allowed to do it yeah you can wear dad stuff all the time did mm. you do any dadding this weekend sure did nice. all weekend long Nice. Let me tell you, it was something else. <laughs> something else. Yeah, that's what dadding's like. I did some, uh, I did some uncling and uh, hung out with my nieces and nephews over the weekend in Chattanooga, which is apparently where I live these days. That's why you're looking at getting a plane. That's is why I'm looking at getting. That's a how plane. rich Nate is, by the way, y'all. That's how privileged his whiteness is. They're not as expensive as you think. He's barely Asian, <laughs> mostly white, obviously, because he's talking about buying a plane. Yeah. That's 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 rich. I listen. You can be jealous about it if you want. I am. I that's am. Fine. I'm gonna have to log a lot of hours before my wife is actually gonna get in the plane with me because she <laughs> said she said no. I'm not. I'm not getting in the plane to fly to yeah. Chattanooga. Yeah. I'm like, come on. It'll take like 20 minutes. We'll be in Chattanooga. We can go to dinner with the family Wednesday <laughs> night if you want to. Come on. We'll just jump over there real quick. <laughs> I think it'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. So. so Anyhow, yeah, apparently planes are only like what 50, 60,000. 60, you can get a, I mean, it's going to be used, it's going to be like a 20 year old Cessna 172 for say 50, 60,000, something like that. It's not that bad. Yeah, my actual long term goal is because I've been talking about getting the Tesla, the Cybertruck for a bit, and my wife's like, that's too much. So now I've attached to the plane and I'm getting this plane, and eventually I'm going to be like, okay, fine, we'll just get the Cybertruck. Oh, so you're fine. playing this game. You're playing <laughs> yeah. the long game. Yep, yep, yep. I see. Yep. <laughs> That's nice. That's a good tactic. I think yeah. it's pretty cool. So anyway, it was uh, not the highest amount of news over the weekend. The Oscars happened. We've already discussed in the pre-show the fact that we have no idea what happened during the Oscars. So if you came here to get the hot Oscars take on what people said that was dumb or what things won that shouldn't have won, you're not going to get that here. It's yeah. not going to happen. Okay, I'm sorry. Mainly, I just like the Oscar Myers wieners. Yeah, that's the right. only, that's a great one. Then Remember the dad thing we talked about earlier? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, you know the, that's yeah, what it is. I like the all beef wiener. <laughs> that's what I like. Well, let's jump into. I didn't know they had trophies for those. <laughs> let's jump into some of the news that is actually important. And, and Marie says his baloney has a first name. It does. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. This is a this is a big one, Charlie. I don't know if you saw this, but I'm pretty pumped to see what the outcome of this Supreme Court case might be. And it's going to be a bit before they actually start hearing arguments on it, ruling on all that kind of stuff. But anyway, the Supreme Court is taking up the right to carry a gun for self-defense. Nice. From a case in New York. And as we know, this can set precedent for the entire country. Did you see Tennessee pass their constitutional carry? Mm -hmm. It takes place July 1st. 
Mm-hmm. So when that law goes into effect, so that's nice. Yeah, I used my no carry. No longer need a, I've, I've got one and I don't know why. I know, I used my carry permit as an ID this morning and it turns out that thing's going to be pretty useless here. Except, except it'll be a state ID until it expires. Yeah, which is fine. I'm glad that it's going to be useless. Mm-hmm. I want it to be useless and I would like to not have to have it. So that looks like that's where we're headed here in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, from the Associated Press or the Associated Depressed, as Mark Levin would call it. <laughs> There's always Mark the cool names. Levin. I haven't listened to that guy in a while, but I'm, assu- I'm assuming he still calls it the Associated Depressed. The Supreme Court agreed on Monday to hear an appeal to expand gun rights in the United States in a New York case over the right to carry a firearm in public for self-defense. The justices said Monday they will review a lower court ruling that upheld New York's restrictive gun permit law. The court's action follows mass shootings in recent weeks in Indiana, Georgia, Colorado, and California because the right to carry a gun in public really matters when it comes to whether or not someone's going to take a gun into a place and shoot people. It's because they were allowed to carry the gun in public it, mm-hmm. which is why they decided to murder people it's because they weren't worried about the guns charge that could have been associated right, right, right. with that mm-hmm. right <laughs> the court had turned down review of the issue in june which is before justice rbg had passed but now that they got justice whatever acb in there now mm-hmm. they're going to actually look at it because maybe it's going to go through. Who's, who knows? New York is among eight states that limit who has the right to carry a weapon in public. Is it really only eight? I would have thought it was way... New York, among eight states that limit who has the right to carry a weapon in public. Now, that is choicely worded, I guarantee you, because up until this recent vote, even in Tennessee, they limited the rights that people had to carry a gun in public you had to take classes and you had to pay for well, your if permit you wanted to conceal carry you yeah. could open carry in tennessee uh, i don't know about that yeah you could uh i don't know we'll you see you could we'll have to look into you that you wanted to conceal carry when i took my class the rule was that you could carry and you could for sure have it in your car within a certain distance things like that i will have Pretty to look sure into that you could open carry but regardless that means that tennessee still had laws that would limit who has the right to carry a weapon in public a lot of places do but what they are what they are including in this is if the state has a a system in place where they will extend to you the right to carry a gun in public, then the Associated Press is not counting that as a state that limits the people who get to carry a gun in public. I guarantee you that's mm. what's actually happened. The court's action follows. Uh, we talked about that. I don't that think is, you listed off the states. The others are California, Delaware, Hawaii, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and Rhode Island. And are you see, surprised? This is, no, I'm not surprised by those, but they are very... They are very cherry picking the way that they are they are talking about this because even in Illinois you got to pay all your your fees you got to have your card all Fully that card. to be able so listen that is still limiting the rights to carry in public you yeah. still have to get permission from the state to be able to carry the gun in public in the rest of the country gun owners have little trouble legally carrying their weapons when they go out little trouble. Paul Clement, representing challengers in the New York's permit law, said the court should use the case to settle the issue once and for all. Quote, thus the nation is split with the Second Amendment alive and well in the vast middle of the nation and those same rights disregarded near the coast. Clement wrote on behalf of the New York, put it on silent. Good Lord. Ugh. Calling on the court to reject the appeal, the state said its law promotes public safety and crime reduction. 
so they have this law because it promotes public safety and, and crime reduction. And so that's what happens because criminals are very concerned with whether or not they're going to break any type of firearms laws. They're very, exactly. con- very concerned with those that's things. That's what they check first. Yeah. Yeah. So federal courts have largely upheld the permit limits. Last month, an 11-judge panel of federal appeals court in San Francisco rejected a challenge to Hawaii's permit regulations and an opinion written by conservative judge Jay Bybee. Quote, our review of more than, this is from the judge who was, who was upholding one of the restrictions, our review of more than 700 years of English and American legal history reveals a strong theme. Government has the power to regulate arms in the public square, Bybee wrote in the 7-4 decision in the ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals. So I think y'all know where we're going to come down on this. I, I think that that's going to be clearly obvious. But there's this thing called the Constitution, which whether or not you agree with the Constitution, I think it is important that we have a basis of of rights that the government is going to protect for people. Remember, the Constitution doesn't say that because the government did this, you have the right now that they've done this. It means that those are the rights that they are going to protect. That is what the Constitution means. And the other question I have for you, Charlie, is what about states' rights? You know, the states have decided, those states decided they're not going to allow people to carry a gun in public. So what about states' rights? You know, well, is the state allowed to restrict the freedom of speech? No, they're not. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's the point. The Bill of Rights is something that none of the states can, none of the states can take away your rights. No form of government can take away your rights. They're inherent to you. They're natural human rights. And that that is the important part because as it, the the waters get muddied among libertarians sometimes conservative people sometimes with the state's rights. And now what I've seen on Twitter are people using the state's rights argument against against this of and, course. and allowing people to carry those guns in public because the states have decided that this is what they're going to do. But states do not have the right to remove your constitutional rights, the rights that the federal government says they are going to make sure no one takes away from you. That's why we have the Constitution in the first place, and that does, from everything I can tell, does supersede what the states end up doing if it is delegated to the federal government that they are going to protect these rights for people in the country. Mm-hmm. That is a list of things that everyone in the country does have the right to do that the federal government is going to protect, and just because a state decides they're going to remove rights away from you, this is the reason that you would have a federal government in the first place, it would be if states decide that they are going to remove the rights from free people. We're not going to allow the states in the union to remove constitutionally protected rights away from the people. Well, remember, the Constitution is a is a contract or a compact between the states that they all agreed to, right? Before they, when they decided to become united, the United States, they, this is what they agreed to. That's the, that's the contract drawn up as the Constitution. And so it says... And then, you know, the 10th Amendment is anything not delegated to the federal government. So the states came together and decide to delegate these things to the federal government. And anything else not delegated to the federal government is left to the states and to the people. Something like, let's say, mm, health care. Health care is not a right. It's maybe your states can do different things if they want. I, I thought the at the end of this article was interesting because it says here that in June... Uh, Justice Clarence Thomas, joined by Justice Brett Kavanaugh, 
obviously evil, evil people, mm-hmm. yeah. complain that rather than take on the constitutional in, uh, issue, the court simply looks the other way. But perhaps that was strategic because it continues here. But Barrett has a more expansive view of gun rights than Ginsburg. That's ACB there. She wrote a dissent in 2019 when she was on when she was a judge on the federal appeals court in Chicago that argued that a conviction for a nonviolent felony, in this case it was mail fraud, shouldn't automatically disqualify someone from owning a gun. She said that her colleagues in the majority were treating the Second Amendment as a second-class right, subject to an entirely different body of rules than the other Bill of Rights guarantees. So it sounds like she might be pretty good on the Second Amendment. Sounds like she thinks that uh, the Second Amendment is a first-class right, not a second-class right. Todd does bring up a good point here. He says the Second Amendment doesn't say open carry or conceal carry. If the Supreme Court wants to clarify, then they can. And that is uh, part of the difference here. The You do have the right to bear arms, and they don't list out whether or not that means in public uh, or whether or not it just means that you do have the right to have a gun. And so it's going to be interesting to see what they come down with here. And obviously, I hope they come down with you should have the right to have a gun on you in public places and private establishments can make whatever rules they want to have about whether or not you're able to bring guns into their just like they do right now that's fine it's their place i wasn't carrying in public (laughs) i was carrying in a bar (laughs) they threw me into public (laughs) arrest them what's that that's Ron Tater Salad White. <laughs> All right. Um, this next one, Charlie's going to read here. I didn't put where it was from. This came from an email received from fee.org this morning. Those are all from Brad Palumbo, I believe. We know him. Been on the show a couple times. And I would recommend, by the way, signing up for Fee's email list because it is just some some great content. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff. So Pure gold. P- pure gold right pure there, man. Pure gold. Democrats want to make the COVID super welfare state permanent. Of course, of course they do. You guys, there's what's, what's that saying for, is it Milton Freeman that says there's nothing, nothing so temporary as a government program. Nothing so temporary as a government program. Yeah, of course. It's nothing so permanent as a temporary government government program. I knew that didn't make any sense. That's what I was thinking. I was like, man, that's, that's gotta be better than that. Yeah. Uh, So nothing so permanent as a temporary government program. Thanks. Milton Friedman, sorry for butchering your wonderful <laughs> words. Look, they, this is what they do. They test things out, and they're like, hmm, what can we get away with? Is Oh, man, this is they'll accept this? Wow, this will just be the new norm. Well, it's not just that. They'll get you hooked on it, too. Hmm. They'll, they'll start you off with some, oh, we got to give you this 300 bucks a week for unemployment. Mm-hmm. We got to give you these child tax credits. We got to give you this monthly stipend for having kids. Now we got to give stimulus payments out every couple months and then you get hooked on it. They're like a, they're like a, they're not even like a, like a nice crack dealer. They're yeah. like a mean crack dealer. It's like, Hey, if you don't take this crack, I'll put you in jail kind of thing. If you give a mouse a cookie, they'll drink the cocaine water. That is that's, how my granddaddy used to say That's it. the study I saw, man. Yeah. Democrats on the Hill are pushing President Biden to propose permanently expanding unemployment benefits offered during the pandemic. Wow. Wow. Basically making sure no one goes back to work. Mm -hmm. Fox News Mm -hmm. reports. They are pressing for the changes in federal standards as part of an anti-poverty package. Biden is expected to announce next week. Anti-poverty, folks. You have to get behind it. Otherwise, you're for poverty. Oh, You guys think that Biden's done throwing out crazy trillion dollar ideas out there and we're just getting started mm. 
This is our first 100 days. There's a lot more to come. Congress passed a temporary measure extending unemployment benefits to new categories of people and adding a weekly federal supplement, first 600, now 300, on top of existing state-level benefits. This has meant that many workers can earn more staying on welfare than by returning to work. I have seen this in real life. That is a real thing. The result has been exactly what basic economics would predict. Prolonged unemployment and a hiring crisis. A recent survey found that more than 40% of small businesses are struggling to fill open jobs. Millions of people are on unemployment benefits while 7.4 million jobs remain open. 7.4 million jobs remain open. Why aren't people taking those jobs? Why wouldn't they? Oh, there's a job open. I need to get a job because if I don't, I can't pay my bills. In a particularly wild example of this glaring national trend, a McDonald's franchise literally offered $50 for people just to show up to an interview and still couldn't get enough applicants. Wow. The government is truly creating the incentive to not work right now, the franchise owner told Business Insider. And how do you blame somebody? You can make more money on unemployment than from working. If this ultra-generous unemployment system, which which we were promised would be temporary, is kept in perpetuity, you could expect labor market dysfunction to become the new norm. And the, the other thing they get from this, other than people not taking the jobs, is eventually the businesses are going to have to get people to take those jobs. They're going to have to get people to come work there if they want to keep growing as a business, and they do. And so what are they going to have to do? It, they're going to have to raise the wages that they are offering to to people to make it more enticing, to make it more fruitful for you to take this job than what you could make from simply just sitting at home. Now, that might sound great, but we know that most of these companies can't actually make money at these famed, fabled $15 an hour wages. So they're also going to have to raise their prices at the same time while they're raising their wages just to get people off the couch just to get people to come to that. And what happens then? Well, then the prices go up for everyone and you still aren't really making enough money to have a livable living wage or whatever they call it these days. Mm -hmm. But this is all just a massive recipe for either a downturn in the economy because you can't get people to work so you can't have as much production or they'll eventually raise the wages so much that people will have to take the jobs because it's such a better deal and the prices are going to increase following that. And definitely a recipe for inflation, yes. by the way. Yeah. Because the more and more people continue to be on unemployment, the the more and more money the government has to print because they're not they're not thieving enough. They're not robbing us and they're not robbing us enough to pay for all the debt. So they're going to have to keep printing money and then eventually the the Eventually, the rooster's going to come home to chicken. That, I know. I, I grew up on a farm, and that when the rooster came home to chicken, you knew. You better watch that, out. Yeah, you had to always. You better watch your back. my granddad used to say. The rooster's going to come home to chicken, and that's how you know mm. that it's I got a real time life to go. rooster attack story. <laughs> a buddy of mine has some chickens <laughs> and a rooster, and... <laughs> and another friend of mine went over to his house and the rooster attacked him. He said he had to like kick it and like punch it to get it away. He got from a real live cockfight. <laughs> the real live. Yeah. <laughs> Who won? Uh, I think, I think my buddy. Did Kevin, you put any but, money on it? No, I didn't. <laughs> okay. All right. Dude, when we were in Mexico though, we saw this massive uh, cock farm. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> I'm telling you, I got pictures. <laughs> It'll blow your mind. <laughs> All <It's>, right. <laughs> they have these, uh, these like a frame huts they live in they're yeah. all chained up because otherwise they'd kill each other 
Okay. And apparently they have, you know, the roosters have this really long talon. Mm-hmm. And apparently when they do cockfights, they actually attach a razor blade to that talon to, to enhance. So I've seen in the movies. It's, yeah. It's pretty nuts. It's pretty gross. So really. And it's illegal in Mexico, but apparently nobody drives by the rooster farms. <laughs> it's convenient. Yeah. All right. The next story here. Also, while I was perusing feed, this is crazy. I don't know. We didn't even have to talk about this from fee, but, but they had it on there. I don't know if you guys saw this video went viral on Twitter um, of cops that were taking these kids' bicycles in New Jersey. They ended up confiscating the bicycles because they didn't have a license. What? Yeah, this is a rule in some places. I've been looking it up all day, and this is an actual law. Wow. Even in this place, the bikes have to have like little plates on them. We're probably be, breaking like, some kind of law bikes. right now. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> I'm sure. We're bro- are we broadcasting without a license right now? Probably. We break in some kind of FCC regulation? Um, actually, I've got the video of this happening right here. Luckily, like all things these days, it was caught on video. So there's some language in this. If you have any small children that have never heard any bad language before, uh, this is not the time to listen for the next minute here. But this is how bad things end up happening. And that's what the point of this article is. So I'm going to show you what happened here. Wait, and I told you guys are supposed to have lights in here. Listen, if, 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 if the sergeant warned you guys about your bikes, you guys are warned. Can I talk to you? I gave you a warning. I just got to my house. You're pissing me off. Get off the bike. You're going to get arrested. I just got to get out of control over there a little bit. You're going to have to take his act. Because we live way in Edison. What the fuck? We live way in Edison, cuz. We live way in Edison. What the fuck are you fucking with me for? Y'all see this, man? Over some bikes, bro. Y'all, y'all different. Back up. I'm six feet. You're not six feet. That's fine. Okay. So. What the hell? This is ridiculous. This is insanity. And so. I wanted to show that to everyone because the point of this article is this is how you end up with bad things happening. And we have to realize this. The way that we decrease the amount of bad things that happen between police and people is that you stop stupid interactions like this between police and people. This should have never been a problem. This is insane. Yeah, it shouldn't be a problem at all. No, and I'm not even saying, oh, it's unconstitutional or whatever, but whatever. The city that has this rule needs to quit it. This is crazy. So viral video of cops harassing kids riding bikes without a license reveals the root of America's policing problem. All right. Yet another policing video has gone viral this week, although you'll be forgiven if you missed it. The cell phone video, which has received more than 5 million views on Twitter, showed no less than six police confronting a group of teenagers in Perth Amboy, New Jersey. Okay. So... When you have a stupid town name, you have stupid rules for your town, too, I guess. (laughs) Their crime? Riding bicycles without a license. All right. The boys were incredulous at the encounter and pushed back on the officer's demands that they dismount their vehicles, ultimately allowed their bikes to be confiscated. The verbal exchange eventually led to one child being placed in handcuffs and taken to the station where he was released. After having their bikes seized, the teens were left to walk through the streets of the town to police headquarters where they then reclaimed their property. They should have t- offered the guys a ride or something also. Like, it's just, what a, what a shitty thing to do. I, I hope this wakes some people up. A video shows a female cop telling them, 
You think I want to be here taking bikes away? This is so asinine. Like, we have so much better stuff to do with our time, she said. Maybe, like, test some rape, rape kits. Yeah, do something. Actual yeah. crime. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ten- Tennessee alone has, like, 20,000 untested rape kits. They haven't even been tested. Yeah. Untested. 20,000 of them. <laughs> Throughout the video. And I'm mo- sure it's not much different than New Jersey, and they're taking bikes away. Yeah. Throughout the- I'm sure it's worse than New Jersey. Throughout the video, multiple police officers tell the kids that they don't make the law, they just have to enforce it. We know this isn't the case. Police and their unions spend a great deal of time and money lobbying state legislatures on public policy. We do know that the individual police members are often tasked with enforcing petty offenses that needlessly endanger both the public and themselves and detract from time that could be spent actually making communities safer. Safer. This is from Hannah Cox, by the way, over there, over there at Feet. We've had her on the show a couple times, too. Fortunately, this arrest over biking without a license did not lead to yet another loss of life at the hands of the state. But history shows that the enforcement of such petty laws often carries, often can result in death. Eric Garner was infamously killed by police in 2014 after being apprehended for illegally selling cigarettes on the streets of New York. More recently, Dante Wright was killed after initially being pulled over for driving with expired license plates. Americans die in extrajudicial killings by police every year. The New York Times reports the police have killed more than three people a day since testimony began in the Derek Chauvin trial. Other studies indicate more than a thousand Americans lose their lives to law enforcement each year. While not all these incidents are a result of bad policing, we do know that each time law enforcement encounters a citizen, there is potential for violence. And there's some good points here made at the end of the article, which is the main, the main point here. Every time we allow the government to create a new law, we authorize it to enforce that law, the ultimate consequence of which can always be death. I brought in a quote, a, a tweet here from Austin Peterson, which was in the article, showed to everyone that is watching live. He said, every law should end with, quote, or we kill you, so that when we make it illegal to hang air freshers from your rearview mirrors, people might think the laws are getting a little out of hand. Because that's, mm-hmm. that's a good point. All the laws end with, or we kill you. Because if you disagree to the extent that you refuse to let the officer put you in handcuffs or put you in their car because you were doing something that shouldn't be illegal in the first place, the penalty can be death easily in the scenario. Uh, they say if we, uh, Hannah says, if we want to limit death at the hands of the state, we therefore must limit the number and scope of laws it is authorized to enforce. The expansion of government is the root cause of the problems with policing. And until reformers tackle that underlying issue, they will merely be treating the symptoms and not the disease. Thank you. Joe said, which is worse, the police or the laws? And I'm going to go with both because the, it, it starts with the laws. But second yeah. of all, whoever's in charge of the police like maybe the chief or the sergeant or the lieutenants, whoever is is out there telling those officers to, hey, go look for bikes, and if you see a bike, do this. Like, that should be a law that's not followed. Much how, like, when you go five miles per hour over the speed limit, most of the time, 99.9% of the time, you don't get pulled over Yeah, because you're only going five over. Like, they let that one slide. This is a law you should let slide. You know how many laws are let slide, slid all the time? Let slid? Let's slid. Okay. <laughs> There's so many slid, slid and laws. All right. So it, I think it's both because this is something you should obviously not enforce. Just because it's a law doesn't mean you have to enforce it. You guys remember the tax penalty if you didn't have insurance and the executive branch deciding they don't have to enforce that law? I think that my, my, that's, the, that's the power of the executive. You don't have to enforce it. 
my blame goes on the laws themselves. I do think that the problems we have with police are just symptoms of a bunch of laws, that a lot of things that should not be illegal. And we've, we've been talking about that for a long time. Uh, we talked about it all last year, that all of these things and most of the things that people get upset about are just the result of things that shouldn't be illegal. The point is that the altercation or the, the confrontation, the overall instance with the cop should not exist. Now, do laws, do police officers take their jobs too far? Do they like power? Do they like being able to exert force over people? I think a lot of them do. I think people who... Or at least some. Yeah, we'll I, say think, some. I think some of them do. I think that people... You have some, the 80-20 rule. Some people who get into that enjoy exerting the force over people. There's a power, there's a power-hungry mentality for some. But really... It's called a libido you can't, dominante. You can't... It doesn't matter what the personal police issues are, what because people are always going to be imperfect, and you're never going to find perfect people to be in these positions at all. Mm-hmm. As, as long as we have police that have the authorization to use force over other people, there's going to be a struggle over whether or not they overstep their bounds and do bad things sometimes. And this is always going to be the case, whether or not they're public or private or whatever. And so to me, I think what Hannah says there at the end is exactly right, that that going after police or saying that they're racist or power hungry or whatever it is, maybe they shouldn't be enforcing the laws. That's all just talking about symptoms of a, of a problem. And the only thing we can ever do to actually stop these things from happening, things are still going to happen because people are going to be arrested for justifiable reasons and they're going to resist arrest and people, human beings are going to feel threatened and things are going to happen. But if you want to reduce a lot of these, you take all of these laws off the books. That I'm, not are gonna, crazy. I'm not going to disagree <clears throat> that the root cause of the issue is the laws. It is. It most certainly is. But I, th- I do think there is some sort of judgment responsibility. I mean, I've been pulled over. Nate, you've been pulled over more than anyone I know. Yeah. And how many tickets have you received? I don't know. Maybe between five and 10. You've somewhere. been pulled over how many times? 77. Okay. So yeah. you, you do the math. Started folks. counting when I was in high school because I was like, man, this number is going to be ridiculous. You I do bet. the math. Yeah. So that's the thing. It's like they can let things go all the time. They literally can let things go all the time. This happens all the time in policing. You see it every day. Like it's, you know, in some places it's still illegal to spit on the sidewalk. Do you think police are arresting people for spitting on the sidewalk, even though they could, right? I mean, shoot back in the day, you know, which almost happened to me, except for the state police got involved. But back in the day, you know, cops would be out there, you know, if you were underage drinking or something, they give you a little slap on the wrist, be like, ah, you shouldn't be doing that. (laughs) Whatever. They can't really do that much more nowadays, but But, it's like the jury nullification to me, like just because it's a law doesn't mean you can't nullify that law. And I do agree that we need to get rid of the laws, but I also think, I I don't know. It's like, it's, and I don't want people to lose their jobs. That's not what I'm saying. I understand that sentiment. It's like, well, I got to do a job. They're just going to get replaced by someone who has no problem doing that. Right. And that person, you know, might be worse. Right. And so, So, okay. (laughs) But then that gives into a deeper philosophical discussion. Whereas, okay, how long are you going to keep, living a lie so to speak or or doing something you know you shouldn't be doing just because it's a job and you want to get paid yeah you know i think you should be looking for another profession that's and i still think and i think the the points that joe is making in the private group here are are good and i see an issue 
with allowing the laws to be and this the Think only about slavery the only solution if i you have were a cop that had to return a slave back to their owner i know there's be like mm, i'm not gonna do that there's always the or I'm, ooh, i was just doing my job there are always the worst case scenario things that we can come up with like the uh, the nuremberg trials after world war ii yeah. and you say oh, i don't care if it was your job you know it was too it was so terrible you should have known not to do it we're still gonna we're still gonna try it for this but there are there is some some nuance i think between nazis and slavery true and and people but what's the that principle are, that have by i know i'm with you on the principle and that's why i was pumped about the idea of jury nullification and that is subjective the issue i have with the idea that all cops because the, the problem is the idea you end up having is that cops should enforce laws subjectively based on what their personal feelings are on liberty and i, I don't think that you can build something off of really a massive system off of that i the only thing i can come up with is we got to change the laws on the books because you can't just have it well done so the original idea of cops were place. sheriffs though and yeah. sheriffs still uh swear an oath to the constitution so that's what it should be is it should be constitutional yeah you know that you uphold you protect and defend the constitution against all enemies foreign and domestic and you would you would think laws like this would be uh Domestic enemy. Yeah. But where, so do the cops also, I just want to have this, uh, it's fun to talk about. So the, should the cops also decide they're not going to enforce the license plate registration or driver's license? Maybe look, something like that because maybe, they also but disagree with I'm that. I'm not even blaming these specific cops. I'm blaming the leadership. Yeah. That, that gave them the, that gave them to do this. Just, just like I would blame the sheriff who was, making the deputies do things that go against people's liberties, you know? So it, to me, it's the leader. It's a leadership problem within the police force. Um, and also it's, it's most definitely the laws. I'll, I'll say that that's number one, but number two is leadership within the policing force deciding that, that this is a, this is a good idea. Yeah. And to me, it's not, that's so terrible. So there's terrible still, leadership. There so has to be some kind of responsibility there. To, to go against principles. So there is still responsibility at the actual enforcement of the laws level, but we do also agree that the actual laws existing in the first place are where are, are the, are the root cause of that problem. And then we can talk about whether or not cops should be able to enforce or not enforce. And I've been glad I've been happy several times that they decide to not enforce specific things. I was pulled over in El a couple times. I'll tell you two things. I got pulled over in Illinois one time, my license plates, uh, two to two and a half years expired, something like that. And I was just super nice to the guy. I was like, hey, haven't had the money to pay for it. Obviously this was years ago. I haven't, I haven't, had, the, uh, haven't had the money to pay for it or whatever. Um, I, and then they just let me go. Two and a half years expired on the plates. And this is the time where Charlie left and we're going to continue on to the next story. Another time I got pulled over uh, in Illinois and I had numerous amounts of illegal things, including a gun, which I told the officer about, which I wasn't allowed to have, especially in Illinois, because I was a Tennessee resident at that time. And the guy ended up asking me about the gun and like what kind it was. And we were just, we were just shooting shit about guns for a bit. He literally could have arrested me at, at that time. And I, so I'm glad that the guy decided to be principled or constitutional or subjective in that time obviously it benefited me really well being white and partially asian that really that really helped out so anyhow we'll move on from that we have a good discussion going on here 
in the live group. I'm going to go to the last story here, and this is just a little bit of, uh, I've got a little bit of political advice for Republicans in California. If you're in California, which I know some of our listeners are, I've got some good political advice if you're a Republican in California. Caitlyn Jenner is pitching herself as the anti-lockdown savior California needs. This is from Reason.com. So Caitlyn Jenner, y'all know who I'm talking about, has decided that she's going to run for governor of California as a Republican against Gavin Newsom. Now, there are several other people that are running also on the Republican side or said that they're going to run on the Republican side. My advice for Republicans in California is that you throw all of your weight behind Caitlyn Jenner if you actually want to end up with a Republican in office, or even if even if she's not going to win, uh, that you can put yourself on as much of the right side of history as you possibly can. This will help with talking points, political strategy overall. This is by far the best move. Okay, and I'm not even I don't even know the policies yet. But she seems to be pretty uh, anti-lockdown, which is good. Former Olympian, reality TV star, and conservative firebrand Caitlyn Jenner has announced she's running for governor against incumbent Governor Gavin Newsom in the impending recall election. Quote, for the past decade, we have seen the glimmer of the Golden State reduced by one-party rule that places politics over progress and special, special interests over people, said Jenner in an announcement email sent this morning. Quote, I am, pro- I am a proven winner and the only outsider who can put an end to Gavin Newsom's disastrous time as governor. The thrust of Jenner's initial pitch to voters was to paint Newsom and his response to the pandemic as an out-of-touch, hypocritical, and as out-of-touch, hypocritical, and punitive. Quote, small businesses have been devastated because of the over-restrictive lockdown. An entire generation of children have lost a year of education and have been prevented from going back to school, participating in activities, or socializing with their friends, said Jenner. This isn't the California we know. This is Gavin Newsom's California, where he orders us to stay home but goes out to dinner with his lobbyist friends. The perceived hypocrisy, of course, we know all about that. Uh, This has actually led to a recall, which hardly ever happens, with over 2 million signatures. This is a pretty big deal, okay? The gubernatorial recall ballot asked voters two questions, whether Newsom should be replaced, and if so, who should replace him? If more than 50% of the voters say they want to replace Newsom, then the candidate who gets the most votes on the second question becomes governor. So listen, this is obviously an outside chance. Depends on how well they do with this. But there's a few things. One, she's very anti-lockdown, which is good. Now, I don't know the economic policies, I don't know. It sounds like there's some pro-business mindset in there, and that's overall pretty good. Normally, we're not on here stumping for Republicans on the show. But when it comes to long-term strategy here, there's another thing that we know, and that is Republicans are hateful, misogynistic, transphobic, whatever-obic thing that, that they are, right? What I would stress to any Republicans listening who happen to have been able to stomach this show for this long, and I had a conversation with family over the weekend, and uh, they weren't typically people that would be totally fine with the with the transgender thing. Um, not that not with, that I would guess, but it's not the time to worry about that. Even if you do have an issue with it, if you got some kind of deep seated problem with that, which hey, we don't. I don't. 
I, I don't care what people want to do. I want people to be happy and I want people to do their thing. And as long as no one's forcing me to do anything, then I, I just don't care. I literally, I literally don't care about it. And that is really how people should be about this issue. But if you do have a, if you do have some type of a deep seated problem with this, let it go past this election. All right. This has a twofold thing. One, you could get someone in there who is anti-lockdown and two, you can really, really damage the talking points against conservatives because if they rally behind someone like Caitlyn Jenner, then that is really going to do some damage to the overall talking point. So just from a political, strategic talking point right now, let go of all that other stuff. And people in California, I'm just being 100% honest here, need to rally behind getting Caitlyn Jenner elected as governor. It will do wonders if you care about a conservative brand and if you care about ending lockdowns in a state that's got over 30 million people in it. This is by far the best decision that Republicans in California could make. So anyway, guys, that's uh, that's all we got today. That's all we're going to talk about. We hung out for a while on the pre-show beforehand, so it seems like a pretty short episode, but it's been about an hour now since we went live into the group. So I want to thank you guys in the group for hanging out. After our talk the other day about the Patreon group, we had a couple new people sign up, and we we tend to trickle in a couple people every day or so, and that continues to to fill my heart with hope about the future because I see that uh, people are putting their money where their mouths are, and this money is going to be get, going to be put to good use. It's going to be going towards that. It is going towards advertising on YouTube, on Facebook, on Twitter, on all of these things, on other podcasts, uh, us going to different conventions and talking to people, giving speeches, stuff like that. And it's just, it's really cool to see people keep signing up and keep actually putting money behind their beliefs. So anyhow, any, anyhow, thank you guys so much for doing that. I want you to share the show with a friend. I want you to share the show with an enemy, with a family member, with someone that you don't know. Tell them about Good Morning Liberty. We got a new show every day of the week when we want to. All right. And hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button on YouTube and leave a gall darn rating and review. Feed those algos for us, okay? We can't feed them all ourselves. We need you guys to feed the algos by leaving a rating and review or hitting that like button. If you do all those things, we'll be right back here again tomorrow. Until then, have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.